Welcome back to The Basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting audio adventure on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. Um, this week, we have yet another great one for you. Going to be sitting down with uh, one Lucy Dacus in her band. You know, we reviewed her album, New Burden, uh, a couple months ago. It was her debut album, and uh, we gushed about it pretty profusely because it is gush-worthy. It is full of feels, uh, objective truths about the heart, and uh, and honestly, I, I think it's one of the best albums uh, of this year, in, in my humble opinion. Um, so around that time, uh, she was kicking off the tour. And she was swinging here through D.C. to play at our friend's house, the Bathtub Republic, uh, where the uh, the band The North Country resides. Uh, if you're paying attention to some bands going on here in uh, in D.C. And so we invited her and the band over to sit down and talk before that. And they said, hell yeah. And uh, what follows is a, a, a lovely conversation about uh, not just the uh, her album and the Richmond, Virginia, Virginia scene, but uh, what it's like, you know, now sort of being on the cusp of being in the national spotlight. You know, she turns around in the show and there's Bob Boyle and saying, hey, uh, I really like your stuff and, and uh, we want to we wanna put it on All Song Considered to, uh, you know, getting written up in spin, being the hit of South by Southwest, according to some, um, and just being on the verge of a, a career about to ex- very deservedly explode. And if you need any more proof of that, you know, you'll, you'll hear talk about this on the podcast. Uh, they are playing this Sunday at the 930 Club, opening for Houndsmouth, their very first time at the club to a completely sold out room. So there you go. Uh, this is happening. <laughs> and uh, I, I can't think of uh, any band uh, so far this year that we've talked to, at least, that uh, is any more deserving of this happening. Uh, so so we're talking with Lucy and her band. And then uh, after that, we're going to be uh, featuring a little track, keeping it down Richmond, Virginia way, uh, from the band Claire Morgan. A, uh, they're a seven-piece rock outfit. Big Big band, big sound. Uh, they have a new album coming out on 5-6 on Egg Hunt Records called New Lines and the Not Good Night. Uh, and we've got a track from that, How to Set Your Bed on Fire. So, uh, you know, come for the Lucy Dacus, stick around for the uh, Claire Morgan. That's how that works. Uh, maybe they'll come out and play some double bills. That would be sort of groovy. Be a lot of people on stage, though. <laughs> uh, so without further ado, I guess uh, let's just get started on this thing. So here you go. This is episode number 175 of Chunky Glass of the Podcast, where we're sitting down with the remarkable, the amazing Lucy Dacus. Okay. It comes here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up and go to the That right there is a logical foul. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of crazy, mm. but we can talk all about that. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, uh, but yeah, let's. let's uh, I guess let's start with the album. Okay, uh, it's out. Are we recording right now? Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it, it's on, and then you come down, sit down, and then we're talking. Okay, cool. Um, it's out. It's fantastic. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, it took. Uh, am I reading this correctly? It took a day. 
to make? Yeah. So it took a day to do basic tracking. And then we did two other days doing like vocal overdubs and guitar overdubs in a different studio. But pretty much we recorded a lot of it live or like to a track, but did like a couple passes through and just like. I mean, we rehearsed like a couple times before, too. It wasn't like we yeah. were meeting each other. You for just the said, first "Hey, let's just knock this out." Actually, let's get names going on. You're, you're I'm Jacob. Jacob, you're Lucy, Lucy obviously. Yeah. You're I'm Allie. Allie and I'm Miles. Miles. Okay, so there's. I'm terrible at voices, so I'm going to let the listeners. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I'll just like look in your general direction or right. something. Um, yeah. So it, it took about a day uh, to record anything, but as far as writing uh, goes, is, this is your first album, correct? Yes. It, you know, the old saying of like, you know, your first album, you have like your whole life to write. Right. Uh, was that the case for this one? Or was this just like you decided, hey, I want to do music and let's try it. I don't know if there was ever a point where I was like, I'm going to do music. There was a point where I was like, I'm going to drop out of school and uh-huh. um, play more often. But I mean, the reason we made the album was because the songs existed like the songs happened before thinking like they would ever be recorded and I played them solo and didn't really think about having a band until you know bringing it to Jacob and our friend Colin Pastor who engineered and mixed and produced the album in Nashville and we got some of his friends from school from Berkeley Christine Mode on bass and Hayden Kocher on drums Mm -hmm. to play and wrote all the band parts in the week preceding recording so we hadn't really even we didn't really even have the time to get used to how they sounded with the band right luckily i mean i think it came together all right <laughs> well, yeah well there's been uh, aside from yours there's actually been a few great albums there's, it tends to be like one or two a year over the past few years uh, lydia lovelace's album indestructible oh, yeah. machine basically the same way they just went in knocked it out it was done sturgill simpson's album was yeah it was done exactly the same way and it seems to capture uh, you know, if if yours is just the latest in the sample uh, size there, it seems to capture an energy that a lot of records don't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because, you know, when I first heard this, first of all, the hype around the album was initially <laughs> deafening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, which, does that freak you out at all? Or? Well, I'm not commonly in the line of fire for hype. Like, yeah. I don't go on the computer very often. <laughs> so I kind of have to be convinced by the opinions of people who I trust to be like, there's hype. And I'm like, okay. You, yeah. I, I feel it personally because people are telling me that yeah. it's happening. Um, but it is kind of funny as someone who doesn't usually ingest hype. Sure, <laughs> sure. As somebody who runs a podcast and a site, you know, you know I see yeah. all of that and stuff. And it's like... Wait, she's in Rolling Stone? What the fuck's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Okay, like, yeah, that I can resonate like, with. Like, it's like, what? I knew, like, I know we have a lot of, like, friends in common. Like, you know mm-hmm. the guys in My Darling Fury? Yes, I uh, love them. Yeah, they are fantastic. Uh, do you know PJ Sykes? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't, we haven't actually, like, done the handshake we're meeting right now, yeah, yeah. but I've seen, like, work by yeah, PJ. Yeah, and, you know, and so I, I had heard your name and then just didn't, see anything come across and all of a sudden it's like wait she's really still what the fuck is going yeah. on and then you've got you've made, already made a fan of Bob right which is uh, <laughs> did he come up and talk to you after the show yeah well at the Julian Baker show yes so I was walking back she had just finished her set I went was going back to the green room to be like hey good job you rule because she does and I heard someone behind me say and I liked the opener so I turned around to just be like thank you 
And they were like, oh, we liked your set. And I was like, cool, are you guys from around here? And <laughs> he was like, yeah. I am Bob Boylan. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <sighs> Uh, I respect you so much is like the first thing that I said and I felt kind of silly because like I do I mean that that's an opinion that I trust which is rare right to you know find identify like I try to do it with journalists and I try and do it with and I don't I can't even name like I have friends that send me articles that I trust but yeah or like um yeah so to meet him in that weird unexpected way was yeah. cool and he came to another show of ours in dc and came yeah back yeah and yeah, yeah yeah i saw everybody post him out there it was some uh not crowdsourcing thing but it was you had to sign up on a list to get into it and like so, so far, far sounds yeah, yeah yeah so far sounds uh and like i found out about it as it was happening basically because he tweeted something i was like the f- what yeah god damn it and it was just i was literally <laughs> sitting down here i'm like god. yeah The way they work is that you give them your email and then they choose to invite a certain amount. This is how I understand it. A certain amount of people without a location or the bands. Mm -hmm. They give you a date and then you RSVP if you can go. And then they choose from the RSVPs an even smaller amount of people Uh. to give the address to the morning of. And then you show up. And then you find out who's playing when they actually walk onto the stage and start playing. And they're, well, that's cool. It is cool. I'm like surprised that it has worked. Like it's a dream. It sounds like some some person's like, "What if we did this?" And like, yeah. not enough people would well, I, get I, into it. I think especially up here, and a large part of this is because of uh, what Bob does. You know, yeah. he is he is at every show, and I, yeah. I, I do mean every damn show. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand it. Uh, he's, he's sort of, it's like almost a disease. So there are people now that are also at every show. Right. Um, and, but, uh, you know, I think anytime you can offer like people, not like a niche product, but a unique experience on that who really love music and are open to like finding out new stuff, like then stuff like that is going to thrive. Mm-hmm. And it's actually pretty important too, because then you walk out of that and like say somebody had never heard of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, oh my god, I saw you know. And that's I, most people right now. Yeah. Still. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Rollins. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Maybe not after like maybe, this month. Maybe not but... after. Maybe not after this podcast. Now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, we hilariously last year uh, PJ sent us a thing, some um, ranking system or something in England was like. Uh, sending out a guide to musicians saying, you know, you need to be on this or this or this and, uh-huh. you know, to get heard. And for whatever reason, we were listed as the 23rd most influential in the music Whoa. block, which is total bullshit. <laughs> but no, that's was, awesome. Was, uh, the algorithm or something? Yeah, <laughs> no, that's exactly what it is. By, by publishing very little, our, like, proportion of, like, red to what we published is, like, really high. So it just, okay. like, so we sort of, yeah, so we sort of uh, gained okay. the system uh, unintentionally. Um, so uh, back to the back to the album at hand. Right. Or um, when uh, do you recall when you first started looking at writing stuff, or was it just like an organic thing? Because I know you have a uh, you have a background in film. You studied yeah. a little film, yeah. And I think uh, musical theater is something in your family. Right. Yeah, my mom is a musical theater director on right. the music side, not the acting side. Okay. So she plays piano and. Yeah, it was natural. I mean, just ingesting so much music that's story-based. Like, theater is so, like, it has to be narrative because if a song doesn't move the plot forward, it's just the kind of dead space. Yeah. Um, So I would just sing 
stories all the time. I mean, they weren't refined and I didn't think right. of it as like storytelling even any more than like speaking is uh-huh. to someone else. Um, I think there might have been a time in middle school where I saw this chick with a guitar and I was like, that is so cool. <laughs> and she was like 20 and I'm in middle school and I was like, yeah. I'm totally going to get a guitar. <laughs> and I d- did that and I was like, and I'm going to write songs. And like, I mean, they, they're not anything I would ever share or even that I remember. They're probably written down somewhere. Um, but yeah, probably around then I realized like this would be really cool. And it is everything I already kind of do. Right. Right. And then it came together while you were at VCU? Or were you at VCU? I was at VCU. You I went for a year and a half, yeah, doing film stuff. But, yeah, all the songs on this album, at least, were written while I was there, so just after high school. I actually yeah. have a question for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's, yeah. <laughs> what, is the, what is the oldest song on the record? The oldest one? Probably first. Trust, which yeah. is the quietest, yeah. Um, that was written the fall of 2013. Yeah. So, and that, yeah, that seems like a long time ago now, because <laughs> it's 2016. <laughs> I didn't realize that until just now, but, yep. Yeah, it's cool that you mentioned the the, uh, the storiness of it, because, do you write any prose? Yeah. Just like short stories and stuff? <laughs> that's and stuff that, I don't really sh- but, I share. I mean, I, I, right. don't, I have never felt like that's worth, which is maybe wrong, because that actually goes against what I think about sharing things. Like, I think you should share something. Um, that you make because it can resonate with other people, but I've mm. never thought that the prose is better or, yeah, I don't know. I mean, do do you prefer like is one as a writer like satisfy you more? Because I mean, a lot of times people do this because they're sort of comp- like you. Just, I have to write or I have to make a song, and that's why you're doing it in that way. Mm-hmm. Is one of those like more important to you, or is it the same process? They happen the same way, and it's like. I have very little control over it. Like it just starts yeah. kind of happening when it, it's just necessary at the time. Like it's usually when I'm walking around somewhere when I'm like, it's inconvenient because there's no yeah. paper or a pen around. Um, so the prose stuff, it's like that comes out in the exact same way that a song does, mm-hmm. but it's just prose and it's not a song. And those just get written down and I can reflect on them and wonder like, why did this come out of me? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, the songs tend to be more fledged out and more of something that is like actually communicative. Yeah. Are, are you starting with that sort of uh, self-reflection, like introspection when you, when you like were writing these? Like, so I'm, I'm a guy who isn't usually drawn in by lyrics. I mean, I, I obviously lyrics are important and stuff, but I, uh, as I've gotten older, I've just drifted away from that. You know, just in and out of like what kind of stuff. And the first time I heard this, I was like, what the fuck? Like I am, why am I connecting to this? This is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I think that is, uh, you know, I, I don't mean it pejoratively when I say it's a, it's a trick that writers can do and it's something you do really well. And like, do you know, like why? Yeah. Like, because you know, if there's all, a lot of times you, you can break down songwriters in two types. Like they're telling the story or they're telling like their story. And it's like a confessional type thing. This is a good mix. Mm-hmm. And I can't really tell. You could easily say, yes, these are about your experiences. Mm-hmm. Or you could just say, hey, this is just a thing. I mean, again, like since I don't have a lot of control over it, all of that is retrospect. Like yeah. I, I relate to a song after I've written it. Mm-hmm. I kind of just let it happen and 
maybe I can tr- see what triggered it. Yeah. And that informs like, why is me as a person writing this? But after it's made, like I can relate to it the way anybody does. Like that character oh, is this character in my life, the way that maybe you or the next person saying like that character and that song is this person right. in my life. So yeah, there's not really any forethought about like, I'm going to tell some people the story of this happening. Right. Um, maybe that happens accidentally. And then kind of the decision is, do I want to tell people about this? Is this worth like giving? Is this something that people actually will want to hear or be fulfilled by also? Is me telling this like selfish or is me telling this actually going to be harmful for me? Right. Like there's some musicians, I can't even imagine how they sing their songs over and over because they're so heartbreaking and like ruminating on pain. And like that is really good and sometimes you need that i love a lot of really painful music for myself just here sometimes but to do it every night just seems like (laughs) and like there are a couple songs that are hard to sing every night in our set but uh, yeah just like that to to repeatedly reinforce negativity like that i just don't see how artists do that so so you're you're these are very like you're, you have an emotional like tie to all these songs because you can write a great song like that and it's complete bullshit like some yeah. very famous songs <laughs> are just like hey i wanted to tell a story and here it is and i know it's gonna make you cry and that's what that's what a lot of like uh really big pop songs are yeah. it's manipulating your emotions yeah i guess <laughs> like i i mean that's a huge the argument is does it matter if you mean it? And like, I want to say yeah. yes, but maybe it doesn't. Like, I don't know the story. I know like Bon Iver, like those songs are somehow emotionally relevant to me. I don't even know if I know all the lyrics to them. Mm-mm. I don't know if he cares about the lyrics that Mm-mm. much. And I don't even want to know because if I found out that it's all like bullshit and he doesn't care. Yeah. yeah. And like, I'd be like, oh, well, that little bit sucks about yeah, yeah. Person, I well, I really don't know. I'm not like, and it's actually sort of investing in in the, the the music as opposed to the artist. Like if you're looking at an artist, being like, oh, I believe in everything he did. Oh, that pain Bonnie Vera must be feeling and stuff. But if their music is crap, then it's crap. His, mm-hmm. I mean, his isn't. But you yeah. know, as opposed to like just somebody making an album and going, oh, that's really good music, and mm-hmm. that's what I care about right now. You know, that's a conversation we've had before about you know. Once an artist releases music, do they sort of relinquish some amount of ownership over it? Oh, yeah. Because, you know, it, you build your own relationship with that art and that music once, it, once you perceive it. Yeah. So it, doesn't, it might not matter if um, Bon Iver really cares about those lyrics because you do. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, like, artists, on the other end, we've talked a lot about once you find out something about the artist, does that change the music for you and like if they put out something that you like and you like them do their life habits inform how you should think about their music Uh, Kanye yes West being the the most like recent example and opposite you know because there are people who still won't listen to his stuff uh, because they're like that guy's crazy or that guy's an asshole but if you don't you're missing a lot of really like great shit Mm -hmm. Um, you know that said but there's there's like a line um in uh, Troublemaker Doppelganger, uh, the like uh, was it too uh, too old to play and too uh, too young to, too old to play too young to mess around. Yeah, which is like that kind of like 
it's a very specific thing um, <laughs> that is certainly coming from uh, somebody who's more in their youth, like there, or maybe you're observing somebody in their youth that, uh, but it resonates with people like the rest of their life, having like thoughts like that, which may be why this like actually like really hit with me, like the whole album, because I'm like, it, it's a, uh, there seems to be a, 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 almost a generalization that you're really good at that you can take these universal core experiences and then uh, make it very, very, very personal at the same time. Um, that is, uh, I don't know many people who do that. <laughs> cool. And, and more, more so, you know, we talked about like dwelling in sadness, you know, there is uh, just the timber of your voice would often indicate, Oh, this is going to be sad music. Mm-hmm. Somehow in every single one of these songs, no matter how sad it gets, there is a sense of humor. <laughs> Funny. Because, yeah, because, no, because, I mean, look, life is fucking hilarious. <laughs> and, you know, is that just you? Is that is that a mission that you have to do? Or? I don't know if it's a mission. It's a, I mean, and that's true. I guess it's like equal as anything else in a song. Like you're right, it's based off of observations, and so if mm-hmm. I'm observing what's true, the truth is f- funny and like I just mixed up and not what you would think. Right. And um, like admitting it sometimes even feels funny, right? Just because like maybe you aren't used to so plainly looking at things, uh-huh. and so um, maybe that makes people feel like there's something funny going on just like just stating things as they are like very plainly like if i only have one line to say an idea uh-huh. you kind of have to be upfront and terse like yeah i don't i don't know if it's a mission but i can see why that would come across like that well i mean like the the i think it's the last line or one of the last lines of direct, direct address mm-hmm. <laughs> you know believe in love is first sight maybe because basically you're not looking at me right yeah like, that, <laughs> that is like brutal and hilarious at the same time because it's like well that's fucking obvious <laughs> like and you can and and everybody i know has heard that song is like whoa like really <laughs> after that song sometimes people just go like damn in the crowd right. which is like really funny and right. i i'm trying to like not smile or laugh on stage but it's like audible because it's so quiet at that point when yeah. we're playing it and people go damn <laughs> and it's a weird song too because it, it gets up to it almost a point where it would kick off there's a, a good like uh floor hit mm-hmm. and then it doesn't and then it just sort of goes and then you yeah. get that and so it, it's a lyrical punch instead of i mean you expect it almost to explode in like some punk frenzy mm-hmm. you know early on in the song um that's that's good to know i hope that, <laughs> I hope that happens in bathtub tonight or i might do it like really oh. loudly <laughs> oh no i hope i haven't started something like everyone trying to fulfill this I'm like, like, just, like Andrew. 20 people in unison like damn Very like call and response um you are what 20 years old though yes uh you know there's a lot of songs on this album that are very uh, insular, but there's also a uh, map on a wall. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it was actually, I think uh, sort of the centerpiece that is. Um, and again, not pejoratively at all. That is some like stadium ready Coldplay worthy shit. <laughs> Send my regards to the 
So, I mean, are you comfortable with, like, bigger songs, smaller songs? I mean, can you see, like, going out and playing, you know, a stadium? Or even, like, playing to a sold-out 930 club, like, hitting that, and the lighters come up? Well, we're kind of looking at this now, because we just confirmed this support tour with Houndmouth. Yes. And we are playing the 930 club. Holy shit, are you? Yeah, which Holy is, like, shit. of course, us as, like, Virginians is crazy. Like, yeah. Miles grew up, like, half an hour outside of here. And, okay. Um just going to the 930 club and to actually be on yeah. the other side is about to be just like wrecking our minds probably but yeah. something i legitimately had dreams about yeah <laughs> I've, I've had i think, every, I think everybody does <laughs> yeah. it, At least it, it hasn't won here. the uh, best room in the country like i don't know five years running now uh, for nothing uh, like it is uh makes my tummy hurt but i know all the people there they are extremely nice people uh when you go make sure you talk to madeline, madeline. she used to be our intern okay, uh, she cool. does social media madeline and maggie are uh are just some fucking righteous babes and okay they, righteous you, babes. yeah you need to yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah you you will be fine you'll okay. be be well taken care of you will get cupcakes <gasps> Oh, thank God. So. Oh, wait. I've seen with 930 on yes. them. Yes. Yeah, everyone gets those. Yes. This life is so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, the stuff people and think I to that, do. I mean, we could have baked you cupcakes. Come on. <laughs> it's just like to think that, I don't know. That's just like such a sweet, I mean, literally, but also figuratively <laughs> thing to do. That's just so unnecessary, but it just makes, yeah, just making things special. It's right. so nice. So, like, tonight you're playing a house. Yeah. Which is, it's just great. It's a mm -hmm. DIY venue, and, mm -hmm. and I want to get into Richmond and DIY stuff, because right. uh, I, I was there for, like, 10 years. Oh, uh, yeah, I love that town. Okay. Uh, but uh, you're going out with Houndmouth, but tours just by yourself. Are you seeing them uh, more interested in, like, booking you in larger rooms yet? Yeah, when we repeat cities, they always ask, like, have you played here before? So once you play a city once, it's easier to get a better show the next time because they think maybe there's a fan base coming back. Also, when you play a city for the first time, the people at the show who actually know the city will say, you should actually play this venue yeah. with these bands. When you come back, talk to these people. And so going there and physically being there informs booking. I've done all the booking so far, okay. um, but everything... The Houndmouth, our new booking agent, Kevin, is working on stuff now. But this upcoming tour, um, like going to South by and stuff. Was <laughs> oh, Jesus. <mostly. laughs> yeah. Have you ever been? No. I'm glad I talked to you before then. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, you'll be fine. Did you say that because you think we're going to change fundamentally as no, people? No, you, you <laughs> won't. But, uh, but you will... Uh, you can't unsee the experience of that. Oh <laughs> it, it is no. It'll be fantastic. How many shows are you playing? Um, I think we're playing six or seven. Oh, right that's now. actually light. Okay, because yeah. some bands go down there and pay like fifteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Heinz played thirteen last year. Hi, yeah, Heinz, who were they just put out an album, but they did like thirteen. Yeah, over and, and it's days. like some of it is in, and which is some of it is in like my bathroom. That's the equivalent. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, but uh, that'll be that'll be a hell of a yeah, lot. I think Sheer Mag played under a bridge last year. Uh -huh. Whoa, that sounds Have you awesome. been to Austin? Never before. <laughs> I will send you a link of things to do. Oh, it cool. Is, we hear the food rules. The f uh, anybody like vegan or anything here? 
We have no, one, we have one veg, veg, not in the band. Veg, okay. Yeah. So, so it's safe. Uh, Lockhart, Texas it is on the way towards the airport. Uh, and you uh, go out there, and it is three establishments Kreutz's Market, or Kreutz Market, Blacks, and Smith's. It is basically the barbecue capital of everything. Don't let anybody in town tell you that any barbecue is better. You have it looks like the uh, town square in Back to the Future, uh, and you walk around and eat yourself into a coma. Oh my gosh! So that's is it like you really pay admission awesome. and then you get? To it's eat sort of, what well, you yeah, want. that's sort of what it is. You, you go and you say, "I want like this much." And everything's in pounds. So, I'm, like, I'm typing this down right now. I have okay. like a tour. Lucy is an absolute food tourist. Yes, as we, I mean, as we all are, but it's. That becomes sort of like the secondary motive for going on tour sometimes, the, or the, like being in cool places. Oh yeah. Well, and that's a, that's a good food. reason to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, if you're not, um, I I forget who said it, but they're like, you know, if you're on tour and you're not at least taking a little time to see the city or at least get the food of the city, mm-hmm. then you might be doing it wrong. Because right. what's the point of all that? Because right. it's, it's not easy. And like our expenses right now, we're all moving out of our apartments. Okay. So basically our only active expenses are going to be food. So, and I mean, oh, you gas. guys are moving out to tour. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So we're going to be on the road for the next two months. I mean, we're all like, and then after that, who knows? I mean, mm-hmm. we're trying to tour for the next like year or two. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So basically just having that one thing that, you know, we still have to do for ourselves. Yeah. It's like. Kind of, you have to do it, so you might as well have it be an enjoyable, like, yeah, both physically healthy but like mentally healthy, like fulfilling experience. Do you, do you think are you are doing the touring that aggressively, which is awesome, by the way, uh, more because that's where you're going to bring in most of the money, or because you to get awareness out. Um, I would say for me, it's just because we want to. Okay. Like the travel. I mean. I guess both of those things will happen and it's a necessity when it comes to building a fan base and like it's my preferred way of meeting people is at shows and like when you're a band coming into town people have this extra sensibility to want to like show off their pride yeah be like you're not from here and like this is stuff you should do when you find people that really care about their town you get to see that town and like really find out what's cool um whether it's like going to the cool parks, finding the good food, yeah. like sleeping at someone's awesome house. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you build a network, which I think is important for any like, uh, like mid to low level touring band. Mm-hmm. You, uh, uh, actually David Wax Museum, they're in Charlottesville mm-hmm. now, but they just made an entire album about that. But basically all the years of touring, they have places they can stay all over the country now and they mm-hmm. have a little kid. And so that's what they do. Cool. Uh, rather than, you know, we go here and we have to have a hotel and you have to, cause that, that adds up. Yeah, we've never gotten hotels. Really? Yeah, not once. Wow, that's a, that's a new model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great it's a great model. I mean, we host bands at our house. Like, we have a house oh, okay. in Richmond where we have like three mattresses that we lay out on the floor. <laughs> and um, yeah, we've had like Hopalong stayed at our house. Ava Luna, one of our favorite bands from New York, yeah, stays there. Um, yeah, we love hosting bands. We make breakfast in the morning. It's kind of like since we get taken care of. We feel the need to do that. Yeah, absolutely. In Richmond, and we we love Richmond, so we're those people on the opposite end. Like, okay, we're going to the river. We're yep. going to get you coffee here. Like, yeah. So, so let's talk about Richmond a little. It okay. is uh, you guys very much seem to, to love Richmond. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been there your whole life. All, all you guys, well, you grew up outside here, but yeah, we've both been there our whole life. So, um, I lived there for about ten years. Mm-hmm. Moved up here eight years mm-hmm. ago, maybe nine years ago. Um, 
when I left, there was nothing to speak of going on. Oh, no. And uh, all of a sudden, you started seeing all these bands pop up. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we have you popping up. And, <laughs> you know, house shows, I think, have gone from just being a punk thing, a hardcore thing, because that was really big there as it was here in D.C., mm-hmm. to more inclusive of all different kinds of genres of music. Right. So you guys have a house venue. Are there, uh, I don't know if you're aware of the, the house venue scene up here. It's yeah. it's really vibrant. And there, there have been a few... Uh, more stable ones. Um, a few, few more stable ones, uh, but I can't keep up anymore. Like somebody will, yeah. will, will do it and just to have like two shows. Hmm. So how is Richmond doing on that front? I think doing really well. I mean, the noise ordinance is pretty harsh. So uh-huh. the lifespan is usually like a year and a half for a uh-huh. good venue. A lot of venues have been doing more than that, though. Um, our house is a really great venue, not our, like mine. There's a house called our house, um, which is just like a sight to behold. Um, Mm -hmm. sour house is a really great venue. Um, and some really great bands coming through. Like there was a show with downtown boys Mm -hmm. at sour house recently. That was one of the best shows that I've been to in Richmond. Definitely the best house show I've possibly ever been to. Yeah. I mean, they're, but they're as a band or any, anytime you see them, it's going to be like, okay, I'm seeing something that's supposed to get in my brain and stay there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and you guys obviously like, you know, mentioned some we have mutual friends, but all the bands seem to be like hyper supportive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I wish it wasn't rare. People ask me like, oh, so everybody's friendly. And like when we go to New York, people like, so there's not really competition and like, no, (laughs) like that's not what makes a community thrive. Competition is a myth of capitalism (laughs) when it comes to creativity. Like for creativity, competition is not good. Um, you don't grow that way. You become insulated and circling in on yourself. And like, I would not be playing shows without bands letting me open for them or asking me to open for them. So I think that's so necessary. Luckily, Richmond is that way. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. I, uh, which you need to play a show with my darn fury. Uh, We used to so much. They're they're on a break because Danny is like the most ridiculous front man of all. They're ones that like, took me under their wing in the beginning, yeah. like let me open for them a lot when I was just solo. And now I'm so bummed. I haven't seen them for well, months. They've got another EP done. Mm-hmm. I think I talked to Todd yeah. recently. I think Todd posted about it recently. Yeah. So it's done. I don't know what they're doing on his tour because Clark left. So they're down to a trio. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what they do when yeah. they came up here. Um, Oh, she's a music writer down there, and I forget her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she suggested we talk to them. And so mm-hmm. they came here, and we talked to them. And it's like, holy fuck, you guys are awesome. Really and we went to see them at a really kind of crappy venue. Aww. But, uh, like, they killed it. Yeah. Especially Danny. I was like, Danny what is the? a force. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, again, that type of just didn't, it wasn't going on in Richmond. Yeah. Um, I actually sang on one or two of their songs that's coming out. On oh, no the, shit. Yeah. So it's all in the background, you know, like yeah, yeah, just some more texture. Yeah. But. So uh, now that the album is done, you guys are going to tour. Uh, are you able to write while you're touring? Yeah, as long as I can go on walks. <laughs> I'm like just trying to be really conscious of how to continue being able to do that. Take time alone and walk somewhere and mm-hmm. walk back because I mean, it's there and at shows. 
Yeah. Um, like I, when I'm seeing other music, I'm getting all sorts of ideas or even sometimes like trying to understand what a musician's saying to me. I understand something else that triggers something else and then right. becomes its own thing. Um, so yeah. And like, I, I pretty much write the full melody and lyrics in my guitar part before I bring it to the band. Okay. And from there, we all kind of collaboratively do arrangement stuff, write the drums, bass. We have two other guitarists mm -hmm. too. And, um, yeah, I don't know much about like music theory or right. anything like that, which can maybe be frustrating sometimes for Jacob here who went to <laughs> Oberlin and like knows all sorts of theory stuff. But that's great for me for him to know so much <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um and yeah, so it's like songwriting part 2. Yeah, so when when she brings this stuff to you guys, do you like look at it and you're like, yeah, we can I think we know what we can do with this. Uh yeah, and then shape it because there's a very distinct uh, '90s sound mm. uh, to this, uh, and then the some of the background stuff, some of the pop stuff, just, just isn't. It's pop, and um, sometimes it, it you would think it would be a little jarring, you know, but it's not. It's very soothing and stuff. But when she brings this stuff to you, you how much do you guys have to put into shaping it? Well, it kind of depends. I mean, it's been different lately. Because the this album, like we wrote all of our backing parts in a week, so oh, we kind of had to figure it out and just kind of do the first or second or third thing that we could think of. Um, it's been much more collaborative lately, which has been fun. Um, we have some like stuff that is more or less finished at this point, mm -hmm. um, oh. re like ready for the next album. Yeah, um, and. It's been, I mean, Lucy mentioned before that it must be frustrating for me knowing things about music theory and having to communicate, but it, I would say it's almost the opposite. Like, it's been a big learning experience, yeah. like, try, like having to um, come to terms with the fact that vocabulary doesn't necessarily uh, indicate, like, the validity of somebody's ideas, yeah. um, which is true in everything. Yeah, um, yeah. But... Like coming to terms with that in music, has yeah. Because if you can get to the heart of the song, that's that's what people resonate with. You know, it's yeah. it's a it's uh, you can't quantify it, but it's and there's just a very uh, a lot of people throwing on the term genuine. You know, thing here is that I could break this apart like so many different ways. I can never find the fucking answer, but it's there, <laughs> um, which is there regardless of what you do. You could dress some of these songs up. Uh, Aerosmith style, like, <laughs> I don't want to say goodbye, <laughs> and it'd still be the same thing at its core, uh, which is uh, very, uh, in my mind, a very unique talent that a lot of people don't have. Uh, so um, are you dedicated to doing albums, or would you rather just get stuff out? Because we're sort of in a singles economy. <laughs> oh, Weird. Yeah, I thought about no, this. I, yeah, I ask a lot of people this because you know people are concerned about streaming and getting stuff out, mm -hmm. and like just uh, the whole meaning of what an album is, uh, or even what a physical product is, is changing pretty rapidly. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and like go back to the '80s, like an album would have like just and even now in pop, they'll have two good songs and the rest is filler. Mm -hmm. um, so. With that in mind, like, are you, like, dead set on, like, yeah, we're going for album number two, or would you consider just mm -hmm. releasing singles going forward for a couple of years and see what wow. happens? 
I have not thought about this. Yeah. We do have a bunch of songs that we play at every show. Right. And that it seems horrible to think about not playing them for two years for the sake of having it be right. material on the next album. So I am going to think about this, but I will say the reason I like albums is because the duration I've like had a lot of talks about this with friends that do photography or sculpture that makes something uh-huh. that you can literally look at and walk by and it's over and it takes so long to make. And some people it gets them, but there's no yeah. duration involved. There's no set time where like you are doing this, this amount of time. And maybe if you looked at a painting for three minutes, the way you listen to a song for three minutes, there'd be this evolution of thought and understanding about it. So that's like a successful thing about music. So for a record, like if it's 30 to 40 minutes, that's, I think a really good amount of time to just quiet yourself and pay attention to something. Yeah. And it doesn't limit you. It's more like, it's a difference between short stories and novels to me, like having an album instead of be a collection of short stories, have it be more of a novel, have it be, um, and not literally with like, characters being the same going through but just the idea of it being one piece instead of a bunch of pieces strewn together yeah i think about the albums that are like important to me and i don't necessarily think that they're a collection of all the best songs but like i was just looking at your poster and i was thinking about yankee hotel foxtrot like no song on that album is like the best song ever written no but the album is maybe the best album (laughs) ever made it's certainly one of the best yeah yeah and that's sort of um, you know, making an album is a very different art mm-hmm. than uh, making, you know, I, I don't, you know, some say it's unified by a theme. You could say there's a theme to your album. I, you know, that's up in the air. It's up open for interpretation. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there, uh, one thing I actually wondered while listening to it was, are there in your mind, like recurring characters that you fall back on? I don't know. Are you familiar with the Hold Steady's catalog? Yeah. Yeah. So what Craig Finn does, he he's built this like Hold Steady verse. Like, is that something that you try to do or? No, I have never tried to direct the songwriting ever. Or like if I did try, it's never worked. So I just don't direct it anymore. Like when I hear about artists that can do that and create a story, um, Torres actually is an artist that I found out recently. Like she imagines um, like an image and then the album is the, like a journey surrounding that image. Mm-hmm. Like each song is like another scene in this movie maybe. And maybe she wouldn't put it in those words. I haven't like spoken to her about it, yeah. but um, <laughs> uh, that's crazy. And that's cool. And it seems like a really good challenge, but whenever I've tried to give myself an assignment like that, something's like killed in me. Cause I've never gone, I've never <laughs> gone to music school. I've never like been asked right. to write a song well, and it, done it successfully. It, it's interesting given your, uh, your, interest and love of film Mm -hmm. but that that you have that reaction to i mean everybody just creates how they create yeah uh but and i think i read it was in rva magazine how Mm -hmm. why you appreciate film was because you're doing all the things at once and like folding it into like this product which is which is what it is yeah um uh and uh i think albums can get there though sometimes Mm -hmm. and i think uh you know this one at least for me like it's i it's cinematic isn't the right word but it definitely uh, the stories evoke uh, scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, if you told me there was an accompanying movie to this, I'd be like, "Yeah, <laughs> sure." Well, <laughs> of course, Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I think 
we're running about like 45 minutes and you guys got a show to play tonight. So, uh, cool. yeah. If there's uh, anything else you want to talk about, um, vote for Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, I just, that's like the end question to every interview that I've done. And vote for Bernie just, Sanders? No, no, has been like, is there anything else? Is there like anything you need your listen, our listeners to know? And I'm just like, mm, vote for Bernie Sanders or just like research him. Are you gonna go out First. and play? You guys gonna go out and play some like uh, political events? I wish. I, I mean, we do haven't it. been we haven't been asked to do anything, but I totally would. Like I will. I, and no offense to you, Virginians, I will never move move back to Virginia. Yeah, <laughs> I spent most of my life there. Uh, but I sort of wish that I would come off that stance because, like, those votes are like super fucking important this year. Mm-hmm. Like, like unreal important, especially yeah. how everything is is going. I mean, like the I think the Democratic primaries in south carolina are today yeah so that'll be on a saturday yeah why doesn't every uh, why doesn't every state do a saturday voting day I think there's, a, there's a very uh, evil long complicated answer to yeah, that I, uh, yeah that's so dumb yeah it is <laughs> uh well thank you guys for coming down and thank i am for really looking us. forward to uh seeing you tonight cool Just thank you right. kevin see you later Thanks again to Lucy and her band for coming down and hanging out with us for a little while in the basement. Uh, really one of the best conversations I had this year. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun at that show that night. Uh, it, was, it was quite amazing. Um, so big things are in store. Big things are already happening for her, but big things are in store for her. You know, I hope you got your tickets to see her at the 930 Club opening for Hound's Mouth. That's okay I, if you didn't, though. Pretty sure she'll be back and pretty sure uh, soon, sooner rather than later, she's going to be selling out that club Uh all by her damn self. So uh, you'll get to see her then. Uh, so thanks again to Lucy. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, I promised you we would play a little track from Claire Morgan. So that's what we're going to do. They have a new album coming out on 5-6. Uh, you know, talk about, you know, the badass shit that's going on down in Richmond. Uh, this is this is one of the ones that's getting a lot of hype. Uh, their album is coming out on uh, Egg Hunt Records. Uh, the name of it is New Lions and the Not Good Night. And the track we're going to hear is uh, How to Set Your Bed on Fire. So uh, here you go. Claire Morgan with a big, big sound. Uh, How to Set Your Bed on Fire. Doors locked with conversations. Pl-
How to Set Your Bed on Fire from Claire Morgan out of uh, Richmond by God, Virginia. Um, I'd, I'd ask you guys if you thought that was groovy, if you dug it, but I know the answer is yes, because how could you not? Um, you know, this album, uh, the new one coming up, is uh, fantastic. You know, I heard it. It's going to be in your ears soon on 5-6. Uh, so, you know, on that Friday, go out and get New Lions, The Not Good Night. Uh, and while you're there, if you haven't picked up Lucy Dakes' No Burden, then uh, get that too. Just spend, just spend some time with Richmond uh, music. Richmond, Virginia uh, is, is just coming up like they always have. It's amazing. So uh, that is the end of our podcast for this week. Uh, as always, thank you guys for listening. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can listen to us on Stitcher. If you want to rate us, that's awesome. If you want to like email us and say, uh, yeah, this is cool. No, this sucks. Uh, that's awesome, too. You can, you can text us uh, or you can just show up. And uh, say, hey, maybe I got stuff to say uh, on Mike in the Basement. And uh, often we will oblige that as well. Uh, So we'll talk to you in a few short days. Uh, Until then, uh, get out and see some live music if you can. Uh, Be good to your ears and be better to your people. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!